0: Talking parables, so get your Bible out. Turn to Luke chapter six. That's where we're going to be here in a minute. Parables, the parables of Jesus, and I'm trying to pick some uh, not so popular ones because we kind of hit those uh, normally, and so I'm trying to pick some that aren't so popular with everyone and and digging into them. So get your app open, Luke six. Get your Bible open. There's some in the pews there if you don't have a Bible. And get ready to dig in. We're going to talk about this parable. But um, parable, basically, uh, we said last week, is um, the two words, para and bull, are to uh, throw alongside. To throw alongside is what the word parable means. So, so there's this biblical truth that Jesus has for us, and he's going to deliver it to us in a story. He's going to throw alongside the truth of heaven in a story, in the form of a story, to help us kind of like relate to it, to understand. There's some 46 parables in the New Testament, some in the Old Testament that were told about a story, about a spiritual truth, and they tell a story. They paint a picture is what they do. You, you read the parable and you, you visualize this thing going on, kind of like today. And, and in this parable that we're going to look at, there's, there's other parables within it even. There's stories within the parable, which makes it really complex and really cool, it's God's way of like bringing spiritual truth to you and me in a way that we can understand it. Um, Mark Scott said it's, it's God's way of taking uh, from going from canon to the curb, like from teaching a spiritual truth that is heavenly that we would never get and putting it in a form that we will get because we're, we're people. Their stories packed with issues and usually they have one main point, a parable, but then they also raise lots of other side issues that we can deal with. In other words, there's enough in a parable for everybody to go away with something, right? We're all going to hear something as Jesus shares this parable. It may not even be his main point. It might be something else that comes up along the way as he's sharing that main point. So in today's parable, Jesus is going to teach his disciples, this is what he's going to teach them, to take a good hard look at themselves, and then set out to help other people. So he's going to begin with take a good hard look at yourself, and then you can go look at other people and begin to help them. So Luke chapter six, beginning in verse thirty-seven. Here we go. Okay, he says, "Do not judge, or you will. Uh, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you." Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will pour into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they both not both fall into the pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look, verse 41, why do you look at the speck of dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, brother let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck of dust from your brother's eye. So that's the, that's the story Jesus, or the part of the story we're going to dig into today. Jesus sharing these, these thoughts about Lots of different thoughts in this parable that all kind of connect in a different way. He sets it up with these four really important issues that all of us kind of face and deal with. And here they are. Judging, condemning, forgiving, and giving. Those are the four kind of main things that pop out in this thing. And it's about, if you think about those four things, it's about relationships. It's about interacting with other people. It's about interacting with people and how we treat other people. And Jesus is sharing this. He's in the middle of this, this uh, sermon on the mount, and he's been teaching them a lot of heavy teachings. So this little section is preceded by another section that kind of leads into it, which we're going to take a look at here f- for a second because it's important to get the flow of what Jesus has been saying. So let's back up a little bit. Look at verse 27 and 28 of Luke 6. This is the, the, what Jesus just got done saying before he said what we just read. And he says, it's about loving your enemies. That's how he sets it all up. He says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Right? I mean, that's like that's how he begins that little section of this, this sermon as he moves into this new topic of loving your enemies. And then in the middle of those verses, that section, it's packed with these really like non-human words. Uh, challenges like things like like um, like if, if someone takes your jacket you give them your your coat too right and if and, and to love sinners and he says love your enemy and do good to those who persecute you or who mistreat you I mean things that we we just don't do very well because if somebody cuts me off Michael what are you doing don't say it Michael don't say it Rylan's sitting right there, and he's going to be driving soon. You know, you know, natural instinct kicks in, right, Jules? I've seen you drive. Okay, so, you're a perfect driver, Jim. Um So, so he's, he's sharing some really hard things for them. I mean, and there's a lot of people. There's crowds of people, and they're all listening, and he's sharing these things about loving people who are not very good to you and people who treat you bad. And at the end of that little section that leads into our section, it, it ends like this in verse 35b. It says, then your reward, if you do these things, like if you live this way, like this out of the human reality experience, if you really do treat people this way, he says, then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked and guess what? That's me. God is kind to me. And then he says, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Then he moves into these, these verses that we just read, our verses. And so the flow is about this treatment of people, people around us, particularly those who are not easy to get along with, people who are difficult. You know those people, right? We all have those people in our life. You may be that person to somebody else. So, you know, be careful. And all of these things, these four things that he shares, they're all kind of related, and they all have potential risk, right? Like judging, condemning, forgiving, and giving. All these things are powerful, and they are related in a number of ways as well, these four things. If you think about them, judging, condemning, forgiving, and giving, or or generosity. They, they tend to be used in, in some ways in a negative way, right? We judge people. We condemn people. We use it in a negative way. They directly impact the people around us because if we do this, it has a response, right? People respond to us doing that. Or we respond to them doing that to us. Somebody says something to you that you feel like they're judging you, you, you get to, like, right, defensive, right? They impact people around us. And they could be used to bless but they usually aren't. They're usually used in a negative way to condemn. And they also build on themselves. Think about the four words. We judge, right, we judge somebody, and then we begin to condemn them, and then forgiveness is impacted, and generosity goes out the window. And so they all kind of build together. How many of you love going to the beach? Loves going to the beach, love the beach, yes. We got the Hawaiian kid right here. He loves the beach, I know that. So, have you ever been caught in a rip current, anybody? Anybody been caught in a rip current? Okay. What did you do, Rich? You ended up in Cuba. <laughs> you panicked, okay? So, they teach you, you know, go sideways, you know, get out of the rip current, okay? That's just it. And rip currents don't happen all the time, but most of the time, like in the ocean, you go to the ocean and the waves go out and the waves come in. And it's a beautiful thing, you know, I sit there and watch the waves come in and the waves go out. And they just do this all day, right? They, just, they don't stop, in and out. And that's what the ocean particularly does. It, it, it's, it's like um, uh, this ebb and flow, right, of going in and going out and going in. And you can just sit there and fall asleep to the ocean, right? right? I mean, that's what people do. They, in fact, if, if you have one of those fancy iPads, you, you put the sound of the ocean on in your room so you can fall asleep. All right, my kids do that with their kids. You know, they got these noisemakers right, to block out all the other noise. And it, it helps them fall asleep. So that ocean sound is soothing, isn't it? It's just really soothing. But these attitudes, you know, that 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 um, that uh, Luke is sharing. These attitudes are a lot like the ocean. They they flow out, and then they flow back in, right? they they're almost like these attitudes are almost like living and breathing, moving, flowing, going out, and coming back in. And they can be a blessing or they can be a monster depending on how we approach them, right? And Jesus makes this clear like this. He says it like this. For with the measure you use going out, it will be measured to you coming back. All right, in other words, if if you and I, we use a thimble full of grace towards someone else, that same thimble of grace will be used for you so jesus says right he says and you know and i know we don't want that we don't want that when we are unkind to somebody we don't want to be treated in the same way and so jesus is trying to get these these early believers right these you know this is the gospels this is jesus calling people to follow him they're learning from things of heaven which is totally different from the things of earth and so jesus doesn't want these early believers to get a big head about this new faith, like we've got this faith, like it would be really easy to begin to think that like we got Jesus, he's the Messiah, the Son of God, we're better than everyone else. He doesn't want them to have that kind of mentality, you know, that, 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 that chant, you know, we got Jesus, yes we do, we got Jesus, what about you, right? Losers. Right? None of that. He doesn't want that to happen to these people. He doesn't want them to think that for some reason, because they know the Lord and they know truth and they have the Bible and they go to church, that they're better than other people. And that's what this is all about. It's about, it's about having the truth, living in the truth, but not thinking you're better than anyone else. And so Jesus shares the two other thoughts along with the thought he just shared in the midst of all this to kind of build his point. Look at verse 39. He says, can the blind lead the blind? Kind of different thought here, but fits into this. He says, will they not both fall into a pit? Yeah, of course they will, right? Like in other words, if, if, if those, and here's what I think he's getting at, if those who don't know any better, okay, follow this, the ungodly, they don't know any better, and God's children, who should know better, but also act ungodly, following each other, all, all are doomed to fall. Like, where is the standard? Where is anyone representing the truth? Where is anyone helping others find light in the path that leads to God, right? If the, if, if, he says, can the blind lead the blind? No, they're both going to fall. And Jesus called, you know, we, we read through the Gospels and we see how Jesus dealt with the uh, religious leaders and he called them, one of the terms he used for them was what? Blind guides, right? Blind guides, right? Because they're the blind leading the blind. And so it's about, it's about having some kind of spiritual sight, To have this like Holy Spirit vision to be able to see where you're going and then help other people see where they're going. And it all comes from God. It all comes from God. It comes from Him. And here's the thing. Judging or condemning, doing those things, doesn't make you blind. It reveals that you are blind. And that's the sad thing about it because once we get caught doing that or we find ourselves doing that, it means that's where we're at, and it's time to make a change. So here's what Jesus is saying. If you're a follower of Christ, then you be a follower of Christ, and don't set yourself up to be the judge. All right? Don't play judge. You're not the judge. We're not the judge. We're followers of Christ. Right? That's what we are. So follow Christ. Verse 40, he says it, he says it like this. <clears throat> the student is not above the teacher. All right, students not above the teacher, okay, that makes sense. But everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher, right? That is if they're following their teacher. So who's the teacher? Who's, who's the rabbi? Who's the instructor for us? It's Jesus, right? He's, he's, our, he's our life coach, right? He's our personal instructor. He's our personal trainer. If you've ever been in a gym or done CrossFit or any of that stuff, and you had a personal trainer, you listen to what they say. Or if you go to the doctor, right? How many of you have gone to the doctor, and he told you what you should do, and you didn't do it? Don't raise your hand, right? We're all guilty, right? We're guilty. They said, go to PT, and I don't want to go to PT, it hurts, (laughs) it hurts too much, but I go to PT anyway, but anyhow, we know what that's like, to have somebody who is the teacher tell us what we should do and then not do it right? And he, Jesus says, look, the student isn't above the teacher, so who, don't assume that you know better. Don't do that. You're, you're the student. He's the teacher. What he says goes. Do that. Do what he tells you to do, right? He, Jesus is, is the one who is our instructor. He is our trainer, and his word, the scripture says, is useful for what? For training, right? For training. And so Jesus and his word train us up to be godly, Right? And when we follow his way and we do it his way, we become more godly. Right, So he is our teacher if we've asked him to be our teacher. If you've invited him to be your teacher. And only if you've invited him. He's not going to pound your door in and say, I'm your teacher. He's going to say, I'll be your teacher if you want me to. And we get to invite him to be, and we surrender to him, and we say, God, you are our teacher. But once we do that, once we put our hand to that, then that's the way it is. He's the teacher. He's it. So look, take a look at verse forty-six, okay? Because this ties into it. Verse forty-six, and uh, a little bit later in this passage, look what Jesus says. He says, "And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say?" That's a good thought, right? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? See, like that verse alone. That is the very issue that Jesus is dealing with right here. You say he's Lord, you say he's Lord, he's my Savior, I gave my life to him, but he's not really in charge of your life. You say he's Lord, but he's not the boss of your decisions. You say he's Lord, but you're not really looking at him as your teacher and your life coach. See, and that's the problem. This is the problem of of what Jesus is trying to help them realize as they begin to follow Jesus. As they begin to say, I am going to live my life for Christ in every way possible. He, remember, Jesus just said uh, in verse 36, he just said, God is merciful. And that what? We should be merciful because God is merciful, right? Back in verse 36. So whatever Jesus is, as students, we should be all the more, right? We all know John three sixteen, right? right? God so loved the world, right? He gave his only son. But do we remember John three seventeen? Some of us do, most of us do. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, right? To condemn the world. He didn't send him to, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So judging and condemning and being unforgiving and being selfish are not of God, right? Because the chain of command is Father God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and then us, like, we're down at the bottom of the chain. We don't get to, like, assume authority and we're going to do it our way. We're doing it his way or we're not doing it at all, right? We, the student, and that's what he's going to We, the student, will never be above the master. We'll never be above the master. At very best, at very best, we will become like him. That's what Jesus says. See the verse? At best, we will become like him. And that is the ultimate goal of being a Christian, right? We're going to become more like Christ. We're striving to be more like Jesus every day. A little bit more today than I was yesterday. And we go forward and we go backwards and we go forward and we go backwards. Hopefully, you know, at the end of the week, we've gone a little more forward than we did backwards, right? But it's this this constant battling and struggling for being more like Jesus. See, being judgmental, being condemning, being unforgiving, being selfish it doesn't look good on God's children. In fact, it makes God look bad in the world. And that's one of the biggest problems with the whole thing in our world, is people running around claiming to be followers of Christ, but not acting like it. And the reason is this. It blinds us. When we do these things, it makes us blind making us blind guides, right? We claim to know the truth, but we're leading people astray. We're Christian hypocrites. We could easily become Christian hypocrites. Christians who say one thing, but then act another, right? Churchgoer on Sunday and a lover of the world from Monday to Saturday, right? We say we're all in, but we're nowhere to be found, Christian hypocrites, Christian chameleons, right, changing colors to fit whatever surrounding we happen to be with, whatever group of people we're with. And Jesus is trying to help them realize, you can't live like that if you're going to follow me. And it's a big issue for Jesus and, and his disciples that they get it right, that they live, that they understand what it means to be a follower of Christ and the cost of following Jesus, that it's all in or it's not in at all. And there's no doubt he's thinking about the religious leaders as he's, you know, he's, he's on, the, on the hill. And there's thousands of people listening to Jesus speak right now. And you know in that crowd there's religious leaders in the shadows and on the outskirts. And they're listening in as Jesus is saying these things. Right? And so Jesus adds another visual to, to the parable. So let's summarize real quick. First he's talked about a measurement. Check this Beautiful picture out. A measurement, right? The one you use, he's going to use, is going to be used on you, right? That's the thought of the, the measurement. Then he, he talked about a blind leading the blind, right? And if the blind lead the blind, what's going to happen? They're, both, they're all going to fall off the cliff, right? Every one of them. And then he said a teacher or a student is not above his teacher, right? He said a, a student is not above his teacher. There's a teacher and there's a student. And that's the, the role. That's the order. And he says, be like him, to become like Jesus, to become like the the teacher, to become like the rabbi. And now he describes one of our biggest problems like as human beings that we all have. Okay, this thing that we all constantly deal with. Verse 41, he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Let's just stop right there for a minute because that's so true, right? We're very observant people. But what we observe most of the time is everyone else's problems, right? We're really good at pointing out other people's flaws, other people's issues, other people's stuff. We, we play this comparison game, and we all do this. Uh, you know, it's so funny to watch. You know, um, I'll be studying at Starbucks, and college kids will come in, and, and then other college kids will come in, and you just, you just watch them do this. You know, and they're just looking them over. Their shoes they're wearing, their pants they got on, the purse they're you know, they're just scouting them out like, you know, it's this comparison thing. It's just like judging thing. It's we just it just happens so like almost natural that we do that. It's like easy to look at other people's problems so I can avoid my own. It becomes very natural. And 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 and, and he says, you look. Jesus says, you look at the speck of dust in your brother's eye, but you've got this, like, tree grown out of yours. And and the word means like a plank, like this big, monstrous plank. And he says, you have this thing sticking out of your eye, and you don't pay one bit of attention to it. Can Can you see Jesus? Like, he's teaching these crowds, the disciples are there, and he's trying to help them realize that the things of heaven... And the things of God are so much different than what they're used to. It's a whole different kind of mentality to live for Jesus. Right? And it's a high call. It's a call to, it's a challenge to really like a transformation, total transformation of the way you live and think and breathe and move. And he's trying to help them realize that if you're gonna follow me. This is not like everybody gets to follow Jesus and it doesn't matter how you act. This is a, if you want to follow me, you need to change. And if you're not changing, you're dying. If you're not constantly changing and and becoming more like Jesus, then you're stagnant and you're going to die. It isn't about clothing or fashion or taste. It's about sin. He's talking about sin, right? He's talking about sin, and yes, all sin is sin, right? We all agree all sin is sin. But some sins are greater than other sins. Now, I know that sounds weird, right? But just hear me out for a minute. The first guy, he's got a speck of dust in his eye. The second guy, he's got a plank in his eye. Think one's worse than the other? You bet it is. One requires maybe a little bit of eye solution, the other is going to require surgery. Yeah, one is way worse than the other for sure. But but sin, sins, You know, sin is sin. When it when it's affecting God, sin is sin, right? It, it's all sin in God's eyes. You sin a little, you've sinned, right? So you've broken the law. So you're a sinner. But not all sin impacts other people the same, right? So it's true because check this out. So Joe Bob, Joe Bob, when he was nine years old, he stole a candy bar at the local Piggly Wiggly. But Billy Bob, he got mad playing basketball at age 10. He pulled an AK-45 out of his sock, and he shot the guy. Is one sin worse than the other? (laughs) You bet it is. (laughs) You bet it is. In God's eye, they're both sin, yes, but they, they have a different intensity. They have a different impact on everything else around them, and in that way, they're different. We're different. Verse 42, he says, so he says, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take this speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? And so the problem kind of gets worse, doesn't it? First, it starts with a brother seeing another brother's problems. He's observed, you have issues. <laughs> you have problems. And then you want to fix his problems. And worse, you don't even recognize that you have a bigger problem than he does. You've got issues in your own life that need to be dealt with. It's about, like, being very careful. I'm going to wrap this up. It's about being very careful to keep yourself in check. You know, that's what Jesus is saying. He's he's trying to get them all to realize that first, like, think about yourself. Get yourself in check first. Get yourself right. It's about remembering, one, that I'm a sinner too. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. And and before I go pointing out anyone else's faults, I should take a hard look in the mirror before I do that. He doesn't say don't do that. He just says before you do that. It's about dealing with my own stuff, my own sin. Look what he says. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brothers. So he doesn't say don't do it. He just says be careful how you do it. Be right with God is what Jesus is trying to tell the crowd. Like, you make sure you're right with God before you go do anything else with anyone else. And then you'll be right. Once you're right with God, you'll be right to help your brothers. And that's what we should do. He's teaching lots of truth to this large crowd of people, right? It's this parable, it's a sermon on the mount, he's sharing all this good truth. And this parable is about remembering that we, all of us, all of humanity, we're all in the same boat, and the boat is sinking. It's sinking. And living by God's truth and living by God's Spirit is our only hope. It's our only way out, it's our only lifeline. And so, yeah, yeah, we stand for truth, and we need to stand for truth. But Jesus is saying, you do it in love. You do it in love. Don't judge. Don't condemn, don't be unforgiving, and don't be selfish. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and the truth that you bring to us in your word, God, that that these these parables, these truths that are from heaven come down to us in ways that we can understand them as we read through them and we, we better understand what it is you're saying to us how you want us to live, how you want us to think, how you want us to act. God, we pray that you would help us to actually do it, not just know it, that we wouldn't be Christian hypocrites or chameleons in the world, but that we would be a true reflection of the light from heaven, that the truth of God is living in us, and the Spirit of God is moving in us, and the Word of God is guiding us, and we're representing you well, well on this earth. God, help us to be better. Help us to be better in tune with you and what you're doing. We love you so much, and we're so thankful that you have made yourself available to us. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.